Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 86. Chris, we have some exciting new life developments to share with our audience. And of course, I'm talking about your first paid customer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the most important thing that's happened this week. Also, I got married. Also, you got married. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's uh, It's been great. It's Marriage is awesome. Uh, it's like a, a upgraded relationship of uh, I feel like I've unlocked a new level of stability and like future planning ability, and uh, it's very nice to have locked down a long-term life partner. And uh, I, I feel like I picked a very good one. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. This is uh, behind the scenes producery stuff, but your your mic keeps getting hit by the cord of your Ooh. thing. So if you thank could. you, that will no. that will save our listeners for the rest of the show. You know what I'll do? I'll put this one in here, and then ah, that'll, nice. that'll fix that. Good. Uh, cool. Yeah. I'm so excited that you got married and you're happy and uh, everything went well. Uh, yeah. Great. Good. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I have more to talk about on the wedding, uh, but I'll talk about that later. Uh, let's dig into some stuff of SaaS. This, this is a, a business podcast first and foremost. So let's, let's dig into that first. <laughs> Tell me about your uh, first paid customer. What's, what's the deal? How, yeah. how did they convert? Who was this? Is this someone we've heard about on the show before? It is. It's one of the two that reached out. Um, I didn't even end up doing the thing that he wanted done because he like he said he was going to get back to his developer who installed it and then get back to me. And then he never did. And uh, he just started paying for it. So that's great. Uh, it seems like it's an agency of some kind. And um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Also, another bit of background thing. If you can hear a big, loud rumbling, sorry, on my side, someone is running a generator or something outside. <laughs> so sorry uh, if you can hear that. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, first paying customer. He found it through the uh, Slack app store and uh, tried it out for about 30 days and then saw the little sign in the app that he had to pay and he paid. So that's great. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, this is the guy who was asking for uh, the, the iframe thing. He wanted to mount it like in the middle of the screen instead of on the, on the right side. So, no, actually, it's the other one. Um, that guy, I think, is still using it. Uh, but if you never log into the app, there's nothing that tells you you have to pay for it after 30 days. <laughs> So mm. that is my next project to, uh, yeah, if you use it for more than 30 days and you don't log into the app, I need to either send you an email if I can or Slack message you telling you you need to pay for it. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And so then have I some sort of a buffer period of like another 30 yeah. days. And yeah. I'll, pro I'll probably never make it automatically shut off. I'll probably have it email me or flag in my, my dashboard um, yeah, yeah. so I can decide on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, that's good. There are some SASs that I got into in an early stage. Uh, oh, uh, Accomplice, is that right? Accomplice AI, I think. They do uh, video transcriptions. And I signed up before they had their full onboarding stuff in place. I think it's a Y Combinator company. And they have never billed me. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be like a one month free trial. I know. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, get on that. Uh, I'm, I would be happy to pay, but like at the time when I was signing up, there was just yep. no place that I could pay. And, uh, they at no point asked me for my credit card and, uh, yeah. So yep. that is yeah. currently my situation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the next thing I need to do. Yeah. yeah. People, people want to be paying. Uh, I think what I would do is like maybe with every message that they get sent, uh, so that it's tied to the value. Yeah. I like that. You're not just like bugging them out of the, out of the, out of the blue. Um, and then it might be that, you know, they, they end up not using this for several weeks, but then they get a whole rush of messages. And then if you can include in that rush of, mes rush of messages, uh, hey, here's, here's the value, but also you need to pay me and here's a link to, to uh, pay. Um, that feels like the correct moment to remind them. Yeah, I like that. The only thing I worry about that is they're in that moment, they're probably worried about answering the customer's question. Mm. Um, Although once you do it three or four times, they'll get like three or four links and maybe I just make the message longer and longer each time. Like you really got to pay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can figure it out, but um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I don't think it has to be something super obtrusive. I think just like at the, no, yeah, at just, as the first message of a thread, maybe if you can say, Hey, I uh, hope you're enjoying Acom chat. Uh, you haven't paid for it. Your free trial has ended. Or that'd be a good point to, to insert in like expired credit card notifications if you want to get fancy. Mm, um, yeah. But that's, that would be further down the line. Uh, but just like when each thread is open, you say, hey, your trial's expired. Uh, click this link to add your credit card so you can uh, pay for it. Yep. I think that would be sufficient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like you said, I, I have infinite percent MRR growth. <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> 
uh yeah it feels really good <laughs> it never it never gets as good as that right <laughs> you'll you'll never hit infinity percent growth again yep. um that's that's so exciting congratulations um so it sounds like second customer is probably around the corner just let them know that yeah. they need to be paying you um what else have you learned about growing this as a company you've you've taken a user all the way through the funnel uh what's the weak point of the funnel do you want more top of the funnel stuff do you want more conversion rates how, how are you feeling um so part of it is i don't have enough data i think so um like i didn't uh, i'll talk about this later but i've been engrossed in this cow competition which means i have done none of the things i said i wanted to do so i have no more analytics <laughs> i have no more top of the funnel of visitors um i have done none of the features that i wanted to do so i need to do all the things <laughs> um and uh yeah so it's a good question um it's probably the answer is I need better analytics and then I need more top of the funnel uh, visits in order to determine where people are falling off. Yeah. Okay. What questions would you be wanting to answer from analytics? Like what the, what the conversion rate is on each page? Yeah, where people come from and then uh, where people come from. Do they find it with Google? How many pages do they visit before they convert or bounce? Um, stuff like that. So Google analytics is probably nearly enough to give, to give me a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we talked about why Google Analytics isn't good, like long term, but I think it might be enough in the in the beginning. So that's probably what I need to do. Uh, but I have not done anything <laughs> on it for a couple of weeks. That's fair. Um, I have a small development on my analytics journey. I mm. think Segmetrics, uh, which is a mm. metrics company made by one of our mutual friends, Keith. I think it's per hack. Uh, I may be pronouncing it wrong. Um, he responded to one of the tr the Twitter threads where I, I was trying to figure out what other people are using. Uh -huh. He was like, yeah, my, like my product does exactly this. And oh, nice. he linked to a video where it looks like that's going to do exactly what it should do. So that's not as fun for me, right? Because I don't get to like <laughs> develop the uh, fancy uh, big query situation that I was going to try to do. But it, it, it makes a lot more sense from a business perspective. So um, I'm going to have a call with him and uh, try that out. But I, it, it looks like it's going to do uh, what I want it to do at a reasonable price point. Oh, cool. All right, I'll take a look at that. Yeah. Cool. Now that I have actual actual revenue, uh, I can I can spend some money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, although my all in my place. yeah my servers uh, cost about as much as I just got an MRR. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Which, by the way, Heroku is removing their free tier. I saw that on Hacker News. Yeah. What are what are your feelings on that? Um, it doesn't affect me very much. Uh, uh, that's I guess that's not true. I whenever I start new projects, I always start them on the free tier, and then mm -hmm. once they get to a point where I actually want to show people, then I upgrade to the paid tier. Mm -hmm. So I guess I just won't push them to Heroku sooner, or like I, I don't know. Like it makes me want to check out one of the alternatives, like Fly.io. I've heard a lot about, um, mm -hmm. which I kind of wanted to check out anyway because they're cheaper in most cases, or, and um, they're better in many cases. So I'll probably check them out. Um, yeah, on one of my next projects. Um, I understand why they do it, though. like they, they did it. It's not like, yeah, they want to make more money, but it's um, in their in their release, they said like their security teams are spending just a huge amount of time on these free plans because mm. um, like spammers are using them, mm. um, which makes a lot of sense. So um, and like, you know, tracking illegal activity and stuff on free plans is just not like they just can't keep doing that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but I guess I don't like it <laughs> for me. That does make sense, and I, I would want to be making a similar decision in their position. Um, yeah, I, it, Her Heroku for me has always been like a, a very big selling point in using Rails. That mm -hmm. there yeah. is this solution that's just so easy that you can just get push and, and it just works. Um, and we're in a very different ecosystem now. Heroku came before Docker, so uh, it, it's much easier to have something like that uh, if there's just a platform that supports Docker containers and you can get your Rails app to a Docker container. Um, so it's, it's not as important in the ecosystem now, but yeah, for, for specifically the use case of like trying to limit spam, I would think you could just say like, okay, we're gonna collect your credit card. Uh, so we need to like validate who you are, but you, we're keeping the free tiers in place. Um, I think whenever a, a big company like that gets rid of their free tier, it's not good in publicity. And I did the same sort of thing for File Inbox and <laughs> Right. I think I'm <laughs> uh, like it. it I, I'm sort of questioning that decision. I'm, I'm a, a, a big part of the strategy for filing box, I think, is going to be figuring out some sort of a, a engineering as marketing free thing that I can be doing. And I think that's going to be free file sending. 
Um, but I, I, I don't know if it was the right call. Like, I I decreased my support load, but I also like decreased top of funnel stuff, and uh, the the total number of users is less, and uh, the the meme is like charge more and move up market. But I don't know. Maybe I just haven't made it work yet. But uh, I, I feel like in the grand scheme of things, it's it's sort of broken even. Uh, if I had done that versus not done that, um, yeah. That was that was a long ramble, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, is it? no easy answers. I think, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I can I can understand why they would have done that. Um, cool. You said most of your time was spent on the Kaggle competition. Tell me about that. Give, yes. give me some updates. So We're, last time I was in fourth uh, with a few of the challenges to go. I'm still okay. in fourth, uh, but I have solved all but one challenge, um, and oh. no one in the competition has solved this challenge. So okay, <laughs> that's the organizers have said that. So it. Uh, it may well not be possible. Um, mm. Someone asked the organizers if they have actual code that solves it instead of just the answer. Like they checked that the answer works because they're like, you know, let's make sure the answer works. And it does. Yeah. But they asked for code uh, and the organizers were like, hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it may be actually not possible with the current setup. Um, they, uh, yeah. So I, I keep um, like seeing trends in the model that lead nowhere. I've tried a hundred things probably. Uh, if I solve it, like, so, so as a reminder, if I'm in the top five at the end, I get $5,000. So mm. high incentive for me to solve it. I'm currently fourth. And so if no one solves it, I also get the money. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope either no one solves it or I solve it. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point I swear to have to cut my losses and be like, you know, well, I just, I guess I hope that no one solves it um, because I'm running out of things to do. I've read a dozen papers about this particular thing and I've tried a bunch of stuff and uh, yeah. So that's what I'm doing, been doing. <laughs> that's a tricky game. You either need to solve it or you need to be confident that it's not solvable. Yes. Okay, which which competition was this? What's, what's the So challenge? this is the one with like 15 different challenges all about like security and AI stuff. Yes. Um, and I don't know if I described this challenge before, but it's um, called, you're looking for a specific poisoned sample in a model. And mm -hmm. what a poisoned sample is, is say you have a model to classify say dogs versus cats. Mm -hmm but you want to classify, you want to be able to control when a certain thing, so say you show a cat and you want to be able to classify it as a dog. Mm -hmm. So you embed something called a trigger or a canary, there's different words for it, which might be as simple as like a white square in the bottom of the picture. Mm -hmm. um, and if you put the white square on any picture, it'll classify it as a dog, say. Mm. Um, so in this in this thing, they, they give you the general format of what the trigger is gonna be. It's, it's like a sequence of squares and circles. Um, and you have to find the colors of those squares and circles. Uh, and you have to find the specific poison sample. Um, mm. And that, that's the entire thing. So you're given the model, you can run as many queries on the models you want, um, but you get no feedback from the thing. Like, so you, you don't even know if you're close or not. It just says yes mm -hmm. or no. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, the, the trigger is big enough. So there's essentially infinite like possibilities. And so you have to find a way to figure it out better than just guessing <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so far, uh, no one has figured it out. So, yeah. Interesting. So, what? Uh, I I don't know how much you can talk about this, but what what's what's the technique of figuring this out other than just brute forcing trying to try random samples of different colors? If you're not yeah. getting feedback. Yeah. So I won't I won't talk are. about what I did, but I can talk about some of the, like the the literature out there, like what the papers say. So there are ways, like so, say you have a model and you have a bunch of cats, and one of the cats is a trigger that looks like a dog. Um, that has to be represented in the model somehow, and it has to kind of override its catness with whatever the, the trigger is. And so as you run it through the model, you can look for th different things. Like um, the model has to be very sure that it's a dog, even though it looks like a cat. So you can look like for higher weights or higher gradients um, or just a very confident model for something that you know is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then instead of trying infinite number of things to find that, you have to like be able to sort of either adjust the image based on the feedback you get from the model or like sort of like categorize the different things you're seeing. I'm, I'm being a little vague here, but that, that's basically how it is. So you're trying to find a trigger, which you, which should be something, but is very confident it's something else. Um, and that's what you're looking for. And you just try a bunch of different images. Uh, n uh, you have to be smarter than that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you have to look. You have to look at how the model respond responded, and then try to edge the trigger into a direction that you think is more po po 
more plausible that it's the actual trigger. Okay. Okay. Could you do um? I think it's called back propagation, where like uh, you you, you know you 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 ask the model what it thinks a cat is, and then it shows you a cat, but there's a bunch of squares and circles in it, and then you're like, ah, oh, of course, it, it, th this is what the poison image is. Yep, exactly. So that is one of the things. So when I talk about gradients, that's what you get. When, when you do backpropagation, you get these things called gradients. So yes, you're looking at gradients on the image, and you either move in the direction of the gradient, or you might try moving in the opposite direction of the gradient. I've tried both. Mm -hmm. You might look for low gradients or high gradients. I've tried both. Uh, you might look for low or high weights. I've tried both. Um, yeah, I've tried all these things. And uh, one of them should have worked by now. <laughs> so okay. so I, don't, I don't know. I'll find out in 17 days. Interesting. How so? I'm not. I'm not hearing anything convincing that this is unsolvable yet, because uh, it seems like there are papers on this of like how to find it, and they've they've like bounded what the poison image uh, roughly looks like. Uh, so that, so that seems tantalizing. Well, yeah. So this is the trick. Um, there are no papers that describe exactly the situation that we have here, which is okay. you are told you have a poisoned model, you're given the model, and have to find a single poison example. Yes. As far as I could find, there's no papers that say that. Most of the time, the paper people are controlling the model and the data set and, you know, de like determining what to look for. And so they actually have a lot more information than they than we do, like, even when they say they don't, like, you know, so they say, uh, they, they, like, assume that you have a data set in, most, in many of the cases, or they assume that you have, like, they assume things that we don't have. And okay. so without, like, some of those things, like, if we were given a data set, then it would be a lot easier if we were given, you know, yeah. So, it, okay, it may be impossible to solve without that information, or it may be like okay. you know, it may take a thousand years, for example. Right, right. Okay, so so you were just given the model, yeah, and nothing else. Yep. And and like a, a rough framework of what the poison image looks like. It's going to be a bunch of squares and circles in these places, yep. and it's going to you have to figure out what the colors of the, of the squares and circles are. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay. Now, either that or it's way easy <laughs> and just no one has figured it out yet. Like maybe you look at, just look at the model weights, which I've already done, so this isn't, isn't it, but maybe just look at the model weights and it's like obvious that someone manually changed the model weights and you just like mm. read off the numbers. Uh, because I, I say that because it, all of the other challenges seemed impossible until you solved them and then they were super easy. So there mm. was always some little trick that just made them very easy. And mm. so for this one too, I expect there's some little trick that makes it really easy. So I've been mm. looking for that as well, and there just there just isn't <laughs> like I can't, I can't find it, and no one else has found it either. So like they're using alpha channels or something, and you you haven't thought of alpha channels yet, or yeah, something, it, it, something in that category. Right, exactly. Something okay. something that is just like once you know it, it's easy, but but until you know it, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. How exciting, man! That's that would just <laughs> that's the sort of project that I feel like would just consume me. That like I'd wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and be like, oh my god, I have to go like try it right then. Uh, that's that's exciting. I, I like a juicy puzzle like that. Also very good to know that, like, I, I, I think a thing that you expressed concern over last time was that there might be someone who's just waiting in the wings to submit all of them all at once. Right. Um, and so that clearly hasn't been done yet, or right. like they would have, like, or they you know, if, if, right. And, and there's so many people who have solved all of them except for this one. So yeah, yeah like, like they, this person should have already uh, submitted if they had done it. Um, and then I think you said it was like time-based, the, the, you know, how quickly you were able to solve them uh, determined your place also. Yep. And so you've gotten in at fourth place, uh, even considering that. So yeah, it sounds like you're, you're in a fantastic position and that the, the risk of someone swooping in uh, is pretty low. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, cool. That, that's exciting and sounds good. And uh, you have one more place to, to slip. <laughs> before you lose that on 5k That's right. would this count also towards uh a gold so that t towards grandmaster it doesn't which i'm bummed about ah. um, it doesn't because it's the first time they're running this type of thing it's called a capture the flag because it's like the fastest to find the 15 flags wins okay. um so they chose not to do ranking points just to do uh prizes okay um which is a bummer because i'm in the gold range but i can't yeah. get gold <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah I, I suspect they also chose not to do teams um which i think makes sense because like it, in this particular case, like teaming is such a huge uh, a, a huge advantage because you could just mm -hmm. divide and conquer, and like yeah, yeah. yeah a so a team could you know a team of five could theoretically solve it five times faster. So yep, yep. it'd be like the first group to team would win. Um, so uh, yeah, so no teams and no ranking points. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> it's money. Yeah, five <laughs> k would be a, a nice consolation prize for right. not getting towards grandmaster. You need uh, you need two more golds to get yep, grandmaster. Is that right? Yep. Okay. 
Okay. Cool. Unless this 5,000 could uh, get you another graphics card or just be a nice money. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. That's so that's what I've been doing. Oh, and taxes. Cool. You reminded me to do taxes last yeah, time. Yeah, I finished yeah. them. I submitted them. Ah, uh, you, so. you beat me. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm I will, I, sh I promised my accountant that I would be done with my part today. So hopefully I don't break that promise. Uh, well, you got married, so. <laughs> I did. I have a very good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any surprises in taxes? What's your, what's your system of doing that? Because I have just like a bunch of, uh, I, I keep, so on the business side, it's, it's much cleaner. Everything's in QuickBooks. Uh, and I go through their terrible interface to categorize expenses. And then on the personal side, I sort of built my own QuickBooks out of a spreadsheet on Airtable. And then I have scripts that go through and auto-categorize stuff. And then I have another script that goes through and like links my Amazon purchase descriptions with the actual uh, uh, transaction, which is so hard by the way, because, oh, Amazon, you can't just download all the transactions because it's like three separate spreadsheets that you need. It's like one of charges that maps the charge amount to order, and then another one that maps the order to the items in it, and then you need a third spreadsheet to list the items so that you can see like, okay, what items were included in this order. But it's worse than that because the charge of the order, like the total of the order, is not the amount that was charged on your card because mm. you can have like rewards points from your Amazon Visa card, or you can have like gift cards. And so something like 15% of the transactions, if I just try to do that, don't actually get linked. And then last year I had to go through and like manually do it. So for this year, I built a scraper that goes through and like downloads <laughs> the, the HTML invoice that does include how much went to a gift card and how much went to rewards points. Yeah, yeah. And then from that, I'm able to actually link them. And then now I'm able to get to like, you know, 98% of transactions, but there's still a bunch that aren't being categorized and I don't know why I'd, that's frustrating. But so then once I have that spreadsheet, then I just go through and categorize those. And the only ones that are really important are like, is this a business expense that I bought with a personal card? Um, and then I categorize it from that. And then I, I send a report to my account. Uh, what's your system for doing this? <laughs> I don't well, so, so if I remember right, that's because you use your business card on Amazon. So you have to reconcile the difference. I use my I use my personal card on Amazon to for buy business. business things. Oh. Yeah, because I have the I have have the you know Amazon Rewards card and that gets me more points. Yeah, I see. Um, at, I might suggest adding up the time and, to, and subtracting the the uh, amount of rewards points you got and see if it was worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, if I did that, no question, it would not be worth it. But okay. there's a there's an extra element to this of like I can also generate personal reports of like. Oh, sure. I can see how much money I spent on each category in my life, and then if I want to get a better handle on my my finances, I can I can uh, yeah, it's easier to do that. So uh, I can just and also this is fun. I sure. yeah, I like yeah. working with spreadsheets and data. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I enjoy it. Um, so my bank actually gives us that for our credit card, and it's pretty good. Um, at, now Amazon is just labeled as Amazon, so I can't see that, but. Um, so we get that from the bank. Yeah, my my uh, thing is I have a I have a place for all the paper that I get throughout the year that's like tax related. So I put it there, and then I have a tag in my email for anything I get like you know 1099s or whatever in my email. So I tag those, and then um, at the end of the year I just put everything in a big folder on my like I scan everything and then put everything in a big folder on my laptop, and then I just go through it one by one, <laughs> and I uh, figure out what to do with it. Um, and that's my that's my system, and it's it's very manual. Uh, like I use Google Sheets and just you know add things up and yeah, no QuickBooks, no nothing fancy. Um, but it's also it's not very complicated, so I, I don't have to do reconciling like you do most of the time. I don't have to do like the hardest part is I have to like log into um, all my different banks and and stuff and download statements and and all that stuff. But um, mm. yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question, but it's all just manual. It just takes a few. I mean, it takes a few hours to like go through things manually and do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I think inevitably, just I'm gonna apply my general process to this of automating stuff, which is just every time I go through it and do it, it's gonna be a little bit more automated and a little bit faster. And yeah. um, it it also helped. So this year, I was like, I really don't want to do it. And so my wife was like, Okay, how about this? I will clean for as long as you do taxes. <laughs> I was like, All right, <laughs> fine, deal. <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah. So she did a bunch of cleaning while I did taxes. We each did something we didn't want to do. Uh, I like that. That was a trade. <laughs> If yeah. I have to do something I don't like, you have to too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, cool. We talked about taxes. Talked about capital composition. Oh, last time you were talking about uh, identifying a, the specific uh, genus of grass. In oh, your yeah, yard. I mentioned so, that. So yeah, I yeah. figured out what the weird grass is in my yard. So I oh, bought a very fancy, expensive uh, herbicide. I, I've tried for a long time to like 
not use super nasty chemicals. Part of the reason is we grow food in our garden. And so I mm. like don't want to hire a company that uses that kind of stuff because um, I don't want to get on food. But I just gave up and was like, for my front yard, I'm buying this stuff. And I wore a mask and goggles and, and things. And I did it when I knew kids wouldn't be playing on it. And I just did it. Um, and now it's turning all the all the nasty grass white, uh, which is what it does. And in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to... I have this thing, which um, it's like, imagine a lawnmower, but it has little tiny blades that, that spin this way uh, onto the grass. Um, okay. It's called a dethatcher. And so I'll do that and I'll pull up all the dead weeds. And I'll have a bunch of bare spots that I'll have to put grass seed on. But uh, yes, I found a nasty herbicide that will kill the the weird grass in my front yard so cool congratulations <laughs> i had this fantasy while you were explaining the herbicide that was so like you had to identify the the specific type of grass yeah. and then you knew which herbicide to use uh but i can imagine a future where like it's a it's a dna attack like it's a virus for that made for that specific <laughs> just type for of that grass. specific yeah. yeah and then it would be food safe i think but you know inevitably would have some sort of terrible environmental consequence of like oh no we didn't realize this this reacts with bananas and now yeah. we have no more bananas yep. that, yeah. i mean that's that's sort of like what roundup is so roundup mm. is this nasty chemical that kills just about everything except they've bred corn so that it does not get killed by roundup and mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons like they can just spray roundup all over the the cornfields and it doesn't kill the corn it kills just everything else um, including stuff like uh, gets into the water and you know messes mm. with they think honeybees and all this stuff and so yeah mm. there's there's been a lot of like it's been great for corn but really terrible for a lot of other things um, so yeah I, I imagine it would be something like that mm. Mm. that's interesting yeah I think that's the way you would do it as a product too this feels so gross but like from a business perspective I think what you would want is a grass that was immune to Roundup or something like that, yeah. and then you sell people that grass at a huge premium because you've patented the gene on the on the grass, and yep. no one else can get the grass. And then you just say, "Oh yeah, just use this terrible toxic chemical," and then you'll have this perfect lawn with our perfect patented grass. Uh, I hate that, <laughs> but, but that'd be a really good business. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, Gross. that's the way it works. So anyway, I went to the dark side and used chemicals, and <laughs> now I'll have better grass. All right, cool. <laughs> less less bad than gene editing. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, neat. Good job on taxes and yard work. And I'm excited to hear updates on the CAG competition. You said, uh, I think, two or three weeks left? Yeah, 17 days. 17 days. Okay. Yeah, good luck. Do, do you feel like you still have energy to work on it? Do you feel like you're hitting a wall? Uh, I uh, Both. Like, I feel like why has nothing I've tried not worked yet? Uh, but also it's like, it's, it's a puzzle that you want to solve, right? Just like you said, like I have unlimited energy to work on things that I find interesting. And so yeah. I find it very interesting, even though the sort of expected returns keep going down and down the further I get into it. So uh, the other thing I could do is the organizers said, if they provide any hints or updates to that challenge, they will, uh, they will pre-announce when they're going to announce those so that everyone mm. gets one at the same time. So I could just wait for, to see if they do it. Cause I don't think, I guess I don't think anyone's going to solve it or not. I can have two people solve it before I get knocked out. Mm. So I don't think two people are going to solve it unless they give more hints. And so if they give hints, then I can just be ready and waiting for when they, um, you know, pre-announce that they're going to give them. So I could do that too. I could stop working on it unless they give more hints. I could see also if there's anything that you can still think of to work on that working on that would make you better prepared to take advantage of the hint. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And, and the, so the other thing is, I knew nothing about data poisoning before this. Now I read like 12 of the top, you know, papers about it. Uh, yeah. I feel like I can implement lots of different things. Uh, I feel like a sort of, you know, like I got a mini education in security research. And so uh, it's super interesting. Like even if I, you know, don't solve it at all, like I've learned a whole bunch. So which is why I do these the competitions. So hmm. um, yeah, it was positive even if I don't solve it. Um, I would like to gently nudge you in the direction of marketing Acorn Chat. Yep. Uh, we had a really good excuse for the last couple <laughs> of weeks of like uh, COVID energy being really down. Uh, and then layered on top of that, a really good excuse of like, there's this really fun competition to be working on. Yeah. Uh, sounds like we're in a place where it may be beneficial just to let the competition simmer and let your subconscious think about it while working on other stuff. Uh, you also seem pretty lively, uh, like COVID stuff uh, yes. has mostly Resolved. gotten yes. recovered. Yeah. Uh, what what might be the next thing to work on with Acorn Chat? I agree. Um, I uh, I want to make it so people have to pay me. So like so th then I can increase my MRR by 100 percent by getting yep. the next guy to pay me. Yep. Um, 
Much less than infinity percent, but still pretty high. That's, that's right. <laughs> the curve goes down pretty quick. Um, and then that's a good question. I mean, we've talked about this for a few weeks. And oh, okay. So analytics. So at least Google Analytics, if not something like Sigmetrics, um, or look at my homegrown thing. I think that's the next thing. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess top of funnel stuff is like. I could write something and try to get it on, you know, Reddit or Hacker News or something, or I could run ads. Those are the two mm -hmm. things I can think of. Um, so I could try one of those. I think we'd also talked about before, um, like reaching out to websites that fit your target demographic that oh, have yeah. just a regular, uh, like email uh, uh, contact form. Yeah, I could. That's true. I could try that too, at least a few times to see if I get no responses or mean responses or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, okay. And then if you can figure out a, a, a formula that works, but it's just you know draining for you to get mean emails back like that cold are like calling us for you, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but but if you can if you can figure out like oh you know for every twenty people I email you know one of them uh, signs up and tries it, and then you know internally that you know one out of five people from that are going to convert to a paying customer, um, then you could just hire someone to to do that part once you figured out what the formula is. That's true. Yeah. I think I didn't want to do that before because I had no revenue. Now I have some revenue, but still not, you know, $29 a month is not very much. Yeah. Um, so I would want to make sure it actually works before spending a bunch of money on it, I guess, mm. but which is sort of counterintuitive. I, got, I just have to do it myself until I know it works before I mm. hire someone to do it, I think is what I want. Okay. Specifically, like if, if the cold outreach uh, on websites, contact forms would work. Yeah. If it works a little, like, yeah, I would want it to work. I would want to at least sort of prove to myself that I could not waste a ton of money, you know, like I, yeah. I guess I'm fine spending a few hundred dollars figuring out if it works, but, um, I wouldn't want to, you know, spend a couple thousand booking a VA or something for some amount of time yep, yep. Uh, before knowing it actually works. VAs, by the way, don't cost thousands. Yeah. You, you said they like through the Philippines. Yeah. Cheap, yeah. Yeah. I, I have one, mine, mine through the States, uh, who's like a person who has a university degree and, uh, lives domestically and like is fluent in English um, is like I think it's $600 a month hmm. for something like an hour a day um, and my friend Trig the professional magician has a VA out of the Philippines he's paying the same amount but he's getting 40 hours a week right yeah, uh, yeah. so like <laughs> if, if you can reduce the complexity of this repeatable task to like you know copy and paste this thing and customize these three things um, for someone who is fluent in English, but not necessarily like it's their first language, um, that that would cost like surprisingly little. Uh, like you know, for for a hundred dollars a month, you could uh, make much more than a hundred dollars a month, and then scale right. it up as much as you want. All right, I'll think about that too. Then, cool. Um, you mentioned ads. Also, does that does that feel like a doable thing? Is that something you'd want to try in the next week? Um, I mean, maybe I haven't. Uh, last time I tried to set up Google or Facebook ads, it took me a week just to like, I mean, not a whole week, but like a week just to figure it out. Like it's, hmm. it's non-trivial to give Google or Facebook money. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, maybe, but, uh, I don't know. I'm less excited about ads than some of the other stuff. Fair. Where, how, how uh, what am I trying to ask for, for the person who, would benefit from buying this how are they looking for it and where do they hang out are yeah, there that's a good question i have no idea because the yeah. like the people who have tried it so far have been very different types of people mm -hmm. um so i i see very little very little uh well there's i mean they're all making money on the internet somehow so there's mm -hmm. like agency e-commerce that type of thing um mm -hmm. where it, if people contact them it usually means they're trying to make money from those people mm -hmm. so like those are the two big ones that um i can think of so like if there's a way to contact small agency owners or something like that mm. or yeah mm. i like agency owners i like um like e-commerce websites if you can figure out that everyone on wordpress could use this and this specific type of person is usually on slack so that would make a lot of sense right. um yeah and then and then like roughly the right price point. I'm curious if uh, for buying Google ads, uh, do you know what keywords people would be searching for to find this or what keywords you, you want to turn up for? 
so probably live chat, but that's an expensive keyword. There, there are some mm. very expensive keywords. Um, so if I could find, uh, like you mentioned, doing hrefs or something, like if I could find more longer tail keywords that mm. are still positive intent but lower priced, um, mm. because like I mean, live chat, like intercom's bidding on that, right? And they charge a thousand bucks a month or whatever. So right. um, I can't, I can't compete with some of that, mm. uh, unless I just want to waste money just to get inbound traffic to then you know uh, have da data about traffic like mm. that I could see, but I don't think it'd be profitable for some of the most popular keywords. I could just have it doing that. Spend a, spend a few hundred dollars just to get more data on it. And then it may be that, you know, for someone who you spend $10 a click on that those just convert like crazy and uh, intercom is very justified in uh, paying a whole bunch of money for them. Um, and so, so before you do that, make sure you have analytics locked down, make sure yeah. you can actually see the data and, and see those numbers. And then, yeah, I like the idea of long tail keywords of something like live chat, Slack, or any combination like that, or um, I don't know, maybe maybe there's some long tail keywords that Intercom isn't looking at, like embed and live chat in the middle of your screen or something, uh, right. or like uh, That's true, just, just like with really long keywords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then I think the game with Google Ads is like, if you can, if you have the, Either the patience or like the, the automation ability to, to make a really targeted ad. Um, if when someone Googles some really long tail keyword like uh, embed Slack live chat in the middle of your screen, if you can have an ad pop up that's like embeddable Slack in the middle of your screen, uh, that's exactly what their query was. Um, I think that ad would, would convert much higher versus what most people do is just, you know, you have a couple, a handful of basic ad templates and then you, for each one of those, have a whole big long list of keywords that you want to show right. up for. Um, so it's less. Uh, specialized. That's a project I'd like to get into at some point is figuring out how that API works for uh, AdWords because hmm. um, that, that would unlock some fun automation ability. Um, cool. Okay. Sounds like marketing channels are, uh, well, first get analytics in place so that you can see uh, data get and the then- Get to pay me. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get the other guy to pay you and then- uh, Experiment with paid ads, experiment with cold outreach on uh, website contact forms. Yeah, sounds right. Okay. Any other clever way to get more customers? How else? Uh, could we I mean, SEO is always good. Like if I can write more articles, um, I yeah, should probably yeah. be writing one a week or something. So, mm. and I have, have zero queued up. So yeah, if I could maybe do some keyword research and write articles for keywords, high intent keywords, that's probably worth my time. I like that. You're also very good at making video. Video yeah, tutorials. Video I can see that. Sure. I can see that going well. Yeah, I could also. I actually get quite a bit of traffic from the YouTube series I did. If you'll remember, I built Acorn Chat in a week and did a YouTube series about it. Um, and yes. I get quite a bit of. Uh, I can see the refer from YouTube, so I do get quite a bit of visits from that. As far as I know, no one has signed up though, so I think it's just people interested to see what I built in a week, not mm. like you know people actually interested in live chat. So mm. that might be like a red herring, but mm. um, I do get traffic from that. I have a content idea for you. I think it'd be fun to see like before and after engagement with and without live chat. Um, so like going from a, a contact form to a live chat, uh, like, you know, sales went up by this much or, or customer engagement went up by this much or, yeah. uh, you know, here's, here's the experience of someone before and after being able to have live chat. Um, that'd be a fun piece. Yeah, I would need a good first customer to test that on, get them to like, say yes I can do a white paper or something about them you know and then do a case study mm -hmm. or something um, yeah so that I can see that in the future when I have more data yeah cool could be file inbox I keep <laughs> I keep meaning to uh, to uh, uh, integrate this but there's too many other things going on yeah I'd, I'd like to do that uh, as soon as I'm back and then I could be the I could be that person I can cool I can get you that data uh, well no one clicked on your video right yeah, no one clicked on the video. <laughs> and I only did it for like, I think two or three weeks. Yeah. And, you know, at most I was doing it for like two hours uh, every weekday. But yeah, no one clicked on the video. I wonder what's up with that. Um, I also don't know like how many people it was exposed to though. So I don't, right. like, you know, it may have been that at that time of day only 10 people saw it. I think that'd be a, an interesting experiment to do. Um, but it might be that, you know, just, just keeping chat open more and uh, would be more engaging and uh, it might be that people really don't like the idea of live video chatting and yeah I don't know a whole thing to be tested cool cool all right I got some uh, stuff to talk about yeah. uh, I'm married 
Yeah. And it's awesome. Uh, it's like this upgraded level of partnership and uh, having a life partner. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, laying the groundwork for having kids. Uh, yeah. And the wedding itself was just wonderful. We, we uh, were talking about all sorts of different ideas of like, do we have a destination wedding or do we have a huge wedding or do we uh, do like a wedding tour where we have little mini weddings in a bunch of different places. And the idea that finally stuck with both of us was like, what if, you know, while we're uh, visiting my parents' property in upstate New York, uh, we just have like a really small, uh, you know, elopement-esque wedding with just parents and siblings. And then we, we can just make it really simple and focus on the getting married part of it as opposed to throwing the huge party. Because I think both of us were sort of getting stressed out at the idea of yeah. inviting a bunch of people and then you're, you're distracted by the, the party aspect of it. Uh, and that worked out so well for us. Like I felt all the feelings of having a wedding it's just like oh you know I, I cried when i saw sarah walking up the aisle uh and it just like, i felt very close with my friends and family and uh yeah it was it was nice and uh we we spent so much less than we would have otherwise uh, i think total including like this 1500 dollars very fancy dinner at a, a restaurant afterwards uh in total i think we spent about four thousand dollars uh and then a lot of that was spent on like property upgrades like you know, hanging up cool lights and, uh, uh, you know, a speaker that we can use up there now and stuff like that. So, yeah, it felt, uh, felt really good and I'm excited to be married. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, that after we got married, that's exactly what we wished we would have done, <laughs> like a planned, <laughs> a planned elopement, you know. Um, uh, yeah, because weddings are incredibly stressful and yeah. uh, for, for everybody involved. Uh, my brother's getting married soon and it's even stressful for us. We're like, okay, I need to wear this specific color charcoal gray suit uh, <laughs> and I got to match my kid to it because he's going to be walking up the aisle too. Um, but they don't have kid sizes at the thing I'm ordering from. So we got to like find one and it's like even like silly stuff like that is incredibly yeah. stressful. And in the end, it doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> like, you know, people like care just about the bride and groom and yeah. everything else is superfluous. And so, uh, yeah, so I think that's great. Good, good job. Something also that both of our therapists have said is that people traditionally spend a lot more time and money and energy on the marriage and then forget, mm. oh, I'm sorry, on the, on the oh. wedding and then yeah. forget to prepare for the marriage. Oh, uh -huh. uh, and the marriage is so much more important, right? Like that's, yeah, the, 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 the wedding is just sort of a celebration of this thing. And uh, yeah, don't, don't miss the forest for the trees. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it, it works out really well. I'm excited about how it happened. We, uh, nobody was stressed out about the, the correct color of charcoal suit for, for themselves. Right. Uh, we had, you know, all the people there that are the, the closest to us in our lives. Um, and I would have loved to have thrown something that like, I could have invited you and your family to. And I think we're gonna do something like that just as a party and then just focus on like, we're gonna throw a party and have yeah. that be, I don't know, sometime next year. Yeah. That's the trick with the planned elopements is as soon as you start thinking, oh, I could invite friends. It's like, okay, when do I stop? And then yeah, it's a wedding yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, no, I, it was great, good. We held a really tight boundary with that. And that was yeah. sort of hard because uh, several yeah. of the friends that we would have invited are like within driving distance. And so, <laughs> oh gosh, my, my friend Luke from college, uh, my, been, been a friend of mine for like you know over a decade uh i i told him it was happening like the day before it happened and he was like when is it where is it i'll be there <laughs> i was like wait hold on no <laughs> that that was the hardest one i think because yeah. like he very regionally could have been there uh but we worked something out he's he's gonna come visit uh this weekend instead and we're cool. gonna hang out and yeah 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 so uh yeah but it, <laughs> Yeah, a, a very tight boundary had to be drawn. Of like, it's it's only parents and siblings and, and no one else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there were fireworks and like we uh, we danced and I, oh man, the DJ part was so nice because I've been to weddings where like oh a, a recent wedding that Sarah and I went to. Uh, I love the cha cha slide. That's like, <laughs> or is that right? Is that, no, 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 not the cha cha slide. The um, the Cupid shuffle is like my song okay. at weddings. Like, it's I love it. And we were at a wedding uh, and like it was kind of hard to get people up on the dance floor and, and I was like oh man you know you know what would be killer right now it's some Cupid Shuffle and I went up to the DJ and I was like hey could we uh could we play the Cupid Shuffle and he was like oh I don't know about that and he pulled out this list of like they had already arranged exactly which song yeah. to play in which order so like there was no flexibility to, to play any other music and I was like oh this kind of sucks but okay and also why do you need to be here if the songs are already there like are you just adjusting the volume also I'm paying you <laughs> yeah um so 
the well, like the the bride and groom who were paying him, I think. Like oh oh, this is the wedding. This is the other wedding. Oh sorry, I thought yes, you yes. I thought you said at your wedding. Okay yeah yeah. No yeah, no, yeah. no 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 no. Got, uh, got at at this wedding. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Um, with Sarah and I, the the thing that we did is uh, I just had an iPad there with Spotify, mm. and I had a bunch of songs that I'd pre-picked out. Um, but the uh the like you know anytime anyone had an idea of like oh it'd be cool to like play cotton eye joe i just went over and like typed in cotton eye joe boom and then, oh cotton eye just are playing like, wow yeah. that's amazing how, how did you know um and then other people could go up and like do their own song so that you know that as, as a microcosm of like you know instead of spending whatever a thousand dollars on a dj uh you, you just have an ipad there and that's not only is it such a cheaper solution but it's a, a better uh way to solve the problem of like having cool music so yeah yeah, a bunch of things that we did in that category that I felt like just uh, worked out really well. Um, cool. Cool. So that's all that. Uh, and then afterwards, we've been taking this trip to Canada. If you're watching this on video, you can see the uh, a portion of the beautiful Toronto skyline behind me. I've never been to Toronto. It's a it's a very nice city. Uh, being in Canada doesn't really feel like being in a foreign country. They just like spell things slightly differently, and yep. uh, they so have their more, milk and bags. A little bags. more French. Yeah. A little more French, <laughs> but very like yeah, some some of the. Some of the signs are are also in French, but everyone speaks perfectly fluent English. It, it, this is the least foreign foreign country that I think I've ever been to, uh, and it's been very nice. Just like being in this cool little apartment, and uh, a consequence of that is that Sarah and I have been able to finally, for like the first time in a month, catch up on uh, personal working stuff. So part of that is I'm finishing up taxes, and another part is for the, like the last two days I was able to work on file inbox again, and uh, that feels great. It was oh man, there, there's a there's a syndrome I've heard about where if you've been stranded on a desert island or something and you haven't eaten very much food and then you get rescued and then you start eating food again that you can eat food too quickly yes. and then get really sick yeah. uh and that, that's really not good for you so you, you kind of have to like slow it down and this was my work day what was it like two days ago i like i was like oh my god i'm in i'm in like a space where there aren't bugs inside and like <laughs> there's really good wi-fi and there's there's not a lot going on i can work on file inbox again and i think i worked for like seven hours which is a lot more than i would usually work on file inbox um and just felt like this really weird like bingy feeling yeah. <laughs> that i worked too hard on it uh like too much too fast as if i had just ate a bunch of food after fasting um so we're, I'm, I'm like going back into a, a more sustainable clip now but uh i was able to get my second user onboarded onto this uh serverless platform oh, nice yeah, yeah and that that felt so good and um was a bit of a scramble, but he's he has like a functional thing now. So I have the Dropbox integration smoothed out to a point that you asked a question a, a couple of uh, months ago now, I think, of like, is the serverless file inbox better than the current version of file inbox? And I was embarrassed to say, no, it wasn't. I think I can say confidently now, yes, it is for some people. All right. Uh, <laughs> for for a, a majority of file inbox users, I think, there's still some things I haven't finished of like uh, the the Google Drive integration or like, uh some things involving automations uh but like the the core functionality of you receive files to a form and then it goes to dropbox that works so much better and so much more scalably and uh i was able to dig back into the dropbox implementation of like okay how how do they want me to be solving this problem uh with you know in the in the last decade since i wrote this they've updated their documentation and, and the way the api works um and I so much better understand how APIs work and how to scale these sorts of things. And uh, yeah, it feels like I just have a, a so much more bulletproof way of doing this core interaction of delivering the value of file inbox. So it feels like we're, uh, we're on the train and I think the path forward from here looks like um, make sure this is really smooth for customer number two that's on this, which we've had a few emails back and forth and he's pointed out a few things and I've had this very rewarding feeling of just being able to solve them immediately and then email them back and be like, all right, these four things are solved, which yeah. doesn't happen in software, right? That's a, that's a bonus of uh, having a, a product where you know the developer, it's a, it's a single developer. Um, so I'll keep going through a few rounds of that and then uh, onboard user number three and then eventually everyone currently on file inbox and then uh, we'll be switched over. And uh, in parallel with that, uh, I'll be doing more marketing stuff. I think that the next marketing project is figuring out the file sending feature um, and have that be like a premium way to get people in the sales funnel. Um, yeah, that's that's my file inbox update. Cool. Yeah, I wasn't expecting one since you're on your honeymoon, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but good. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, in, in the last 30 days, I think I've only worked for 10 hours in file inbox. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, didn't didn't really like it, especially with the the stock market going down and uh, crypto crashing. My uh, the, the total amount of money in my bank account has gone <laughs> down. Yeah, and also file inbox income has just been like slowly drifting down. So I'm I'm feeling the pressure of like I sure would be like to be making more money to be able to uh, comfortably support the family and not be worried about money. Uh, so I, like I'm feeling this pressure, but at the same time like had a wedding to prepare for. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this felt like a nice release of like okay I can. I can be working on this again. Yeah. Uh, so that, Especially really doing taxes. And so I have to log in all my brokerage accounts and stuff. I feel the mm. same because I'm like, oh, mm. this was higher before. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did find uh, the last like two years of IRA uh, uh, contributions for my wife, I just mm. kept in cash, like sort of accidentally. Uh, mm. So I was like, oh, uh, so, so I put those into stocks because stocks are lower now. So, or I put them in the uh, you know, nice. Vanguard retirement fund. So I was like, that, that accidentally worked out kind of. <laughs> so small victories, I guess. Accidentally time the market. Although yeah. time in the market beats timing the market. Yes, it does. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. I think could, I, uh, I still haven't finished traction. And so uh, I'm, I'm, and you know, that project sort of got put on pause. Um, but I would like to just talk through briefly like what the file inbox marketing plan is after this. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I keep saying it's like a month out, but. Uh, it's at the point where uh, like like multiple people are using the new serverless infrastructure as it currently exists. Um, and so technically it feels like it's for sure in a place where I can be comfortably working on marketing in parallel with uh, what I'm doing on uh, the, the technical side. So what, what, what do you think makes sense to invest in as a marketing channel? Uh, next like once i get back home this is going to be in, uh like a week and a half from now uh and i'm able to to put in consistent time into this again um i think what i would like is to be investing in like three marketing channels at the same time uh investing about a thousand dollars into each of them um and then have the analytics in place like you're saying to be able to see uh which one of those did the best and then push forward on those uh what what springs to mind of like things I should be working on and, and investing in. Yeah. So the first thing I'll ask, I guess, is similar to what you asked. Like, what do you think you're missing? So are you missing top of funnel? Are you missing more bottom of funnel people? Or like, are you missing conversions? Are you, do you need more data? So like, should you spend time on segmentrics before you like buy ads? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you feel like you're missing? Spending time on segmentrics for sure. Um, and being able to answer the question like where did this person come from and how much money did they make me how did they how well did they convert um, I think that's going to be really important so yeah maybe I just focus on that and then and then don't think about the next step yet yeah. um, and, and the other thing is I know you've been working on this far, this serverless transition for a long time I know it's been a giant blocker and you should probably be working on marketing but I know as long as you don't have more people switching over to this you're, you're mm -hmm. going to be in the back of your head thinking about that mm. and so uh i i hate saying that you should do more development instead of marketing but uh i, 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 think, <laughs> I, think, the, I think the more people that you switch over the better you'll feel about yeah. the whole thing um and so that doesn't actually raise mrr which is maybe not what you're looking for but um yeah but apart from that i, I would recommend the same things that i do with the, the, that you recommended me which are probably ads in some capacity and then probably writing like a, a article a week you know okay. for like the highest SEO intent words. Um, that's probably what I'd say. You know what I'd like to do too is make a video a week. And because okay. yeah. I feel like that's a very unfair advantage that both of us have. Like we're good at making videos. Uh, that's, a, that's a thing that isn't insurmountable. Talking with a lot of the people at MicroConf and uh, asking them more about video and, and what they're doing. I was so surprised that like people seem to have this fear of making video that like uh, you don't know what to say. Before, and, like, did it. Yeah. yeah, same. Um, so like we, we've gotten over that hump video, I think is, is much easier for us to make. And uh, I think I can start with just making a video on each of the topics of the articles that I have already. Um, and so that would get me in the rhythm of doing it. And then uh, more of them would be easier afterwards. And I can think of just so many different topics for long tail keywords that I think would make a lot of sense. Like, you know, have a file upload form embedded in Squarespace or embedded in Shopify or embedded in WordPress. Um, and then I, I might even combine that with like a, a quick engineering as marketing, like build up plugin for those sites or something. 
Uh, cool. So and I then, like that. What I would yeah. make your first task then, if you're writing tasks down, is not do a video a week. I would make your first task uh, plan the next, you know, six weeks of videos or whatever, mm, and like write on your calendar when you're going to do which video. Um, that's okay. what I'd make your first task. Okay. Same thing, like for me, probably <laughs> it's like instead of I want to write an article a week, it's plan the next six weeks of articles. Mm. And, you know, that's good. What is the next article that you might write? Oh, I have no idea. That's why. <laughs> that's why I need a palm of planning the articles. Uh, whatever the whatever the highest intent uh, keyword is for live chat, mm-hmm. um, I should probably write an article about that. Um, at, at the same time, Google just released something like more articles written by humans or something like that. I, I can't remember what the press release was, but it's basically like trying to stamp down some of these like AI generated articles or some of these just like formulaic articles. Um, so you kind of long term i think it helps to have sort of a unique perspective as well a human Mm. perspective in your articles um which is an additional wrinkle to just Mm. generating articles yeah i remember that being a key point in the hrefs course that like yes there are these short-term games you can be playing of like you know having a link farm or figuring out what the current google algorithm is and how to game it but the best long-term strategy is to make good content for humans Um, it's like teaching people stuff it's long-term the best thing you can do yeah right you know what i'm reminded of is i think hrefs supports um not just google uh analytic data like what people are searching for in google but i think they also support youtube searches and i'd be real curious to see what people are searching for in youtube that that relates to these two companies um i could for sure do like a how to install live chat on your website youtube video i'm sure that gets searched a thousand times a day for sure I found that YouTube has, in a lot of areas of questions I'm trying to answer, replaced Google. Yeah. If I'm, what, there was something I was searching for yesterday. Oh, it was, um, so, so uh, Sarah and I were putting together a, a wedding registry, and uh, my sister, Sarah's new sister-in-law, has a uh, pressure cooker that she uses for everything mm-hmm. and swears by it, and so we wanted to add a pressure cooker to it, but then we were in a... Canadian tire store, I think is what it's called. It's, but it does. They don't sell tires. It's like a Walmarty type place. It's, it right. was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and they they had pressure cookers that were also air fryers. And an air fryer is just a convection oven. I understand, but like it's cool and you can make fries and crispy skin chicken and whatever. Uh, so I was like, ah, that's cool. There exist pressure cookers that are also air fryers. And so when we were trying to put together this registry of like, what do we want? Well, we know that we want a pressure cooker, and it sure would be nice to have an air fryer. But like the concept of a combination air fryer pressure cooker exists and we don't know which one so sarah was like can you figure out like which one is the best and which one fits the price point and i didn't go to google and search like which is better because i think in the back of my head i, I felt like i'm just going to end up in some bloggy spammy yeah. terrible site that is going to like just have affiliate links to amazon so i'm going to search on youtube and then after like 10 youtube videos i was like okay i feel like i understand the marketplace of these pressure cooker air fryers and specifically the the ninja foodie is the best uh oh no that was the competitor there's a <laughs> there's another one that uh, i was between that and another one and the other one's actually better right. um because the lid is like one integrated smart lid and it, it's a whole thing i could <laughs> i could tell you all about it um but the like I, i'm i'm curious of that as a trend of like video is harder content to make than text and so i think it's harder to fake and that won't be true forever but uh for right now it's true so like from me looking for more real content that's more authentic that like is going to give me higher information uh youtube is a better place to search for that and i think that's probably where a lot of people are going to be going for things like looking for the best live uh chat widget or like the best file upload widget so still be playing a text game still be playing a google game but uh having a strong youtube game uh is is going to make a lot more sense and then I'm real curious about TikTok because uh, yeah. the next generation, I think, there was a, an article I read that like, you can search for things on TikTok. And I think like, you know, my brother and, and people younger than him are probably gonna be using TikTok in the same sort of way that I'm using YouTube uh, to solve these sorts of problems that, you know, when, when my brother has a lawn, he's probably gonna be searching on TikTok for like how to, how to get rid of the particular weeds. Um, so that's a thing I wanna become more familiar with. I could see maybe, a dual content strategy where I'm making stuff on YouTube and TikTok uh, yeah. and then having both of those linked on the regular web, web page. Yeah. So 
I totally agree on YouTube, first of all, for any, especially for anything with a physical, like, so you were looking at air fryers, whenever I do anything with house home repair or like my lawn, right? I go to YouTube first because I can actually see the person interacting with the thing. And like, it's just way better than text. Mm. Um, and often the same for software too. Um, though not quite as much as physical stuff, but, um, TikTok, I agree as well. Although it's probably like, because of the audience of TikTok, like your best customers are probably not searching TikTok for the best file sharing solution, mm. you know, like, um, versus like, you know, the best, I don't know, earrings to wear or something. I don't, I don't right, know. Right. Um, but, um, that, it will be an interesting trend. Yeah. To see how that. I would start with YouTube is what I'm saying. For sure, start with YouTube. And I'm, I'm viewing all this now in the lens of reading traction. Like, I think the answer is to test it, right? Sure. And then just see, yeah. okay, let me let me make 10 TikTok videos and just see what happens. Uh, this is not something that Citrix Sharefile is looking at. This is not something that WeTransfer is looking at, uh, probably as far as I'm aware. I know, I know neither of them have a very strong YouTube presence. Um, so like, maybe this is a really good marketing channel. And uh, if, if I can make a small investment and see, uh, that's that's going to be the best way to find out. Um, TikTok, by the way, just like, oh my God. Have you used TikTok? Have you have you downloaded it? So I was going to ask you this. We're, we've gone over an hour. So this is like bonus content. Um, yes. <laughs> how do you feel about TikTok, especially that being that it's owned by a Chinese company, like uh, who probably uses all of its data for who knows what? Um, yes. I mean, the US companies do too, but at least I'm a US citizen. So like I have some yeah, protection yeah. from them. Um, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? As a human person and like a, a consumer of content, I hate it. Mm. I installed it one evening and then six hours later, I was like, oh my God, I've never been more entertained yeah. <laughs> more consistently. And also like, I can't have this on my phone and I uninstalled it. Uh, and I think almost everyone in my family uh, uses it for, I think, I think hours a day. Mm. Um, my mom in particular is like, oh, look at this cool thing I found it. And, you know, they'll send videos in the, in the family chat all the time. Uh, it's too good yeah. uh, from, from as just like a product standpoint. It's just like condensed dopamine hits one after another. Just like the funniest clip of the funniest, you know, America's Funniest Home video you've ever seen. And then immediately something completely different that's equally entertaining. It's, it's too good. Um, I don't know how to think about that it's owned by a Chinese company. Like I've, I've read things about that uh, there's this, you know, foreign espionage thing where they require too many permissions from your phone and uh that's for sure a problem but that's also a problem with facebook and like i don't know do i trust facebook more because they're a u.s company like kind of but kind of not that's i see them equally as a problem yeah i i don't accept that well what a hmm the, the fact that i'm i'm in the u.s and they're in the u.s makes me feel better i guess because we're under mm similar laws although you're exactly right that they're doing the exact same stuff with the data so yeah i don't know i don't know fundamentally i would love to live in a world where like people read more books and and used less TikTok sure. and less facebook and the reality of the world is like people don't yeah, yeah th this is this is a place where people are just dumping a whole bunch of their time and attention this 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 is how things are um and, you know, I, I sort of also feel like curmudgeon-y. I feel like my parents' generation, uh, when YouTubers came out, would be like, ah, these kids watching all their YouTube videos. And uh, there's these really hilarious takes on, uh, like, newspapers. Uh, <laughs> like, it sounds like old people criticizing young people for using cell phones. It's like, ah, all these people reading their newspapers on the train instead of, like, making eye contact and, and talking to people. And they're just so engorged <laughs> right. in, their, in their news. and. Ah, uh, you know, why don't you read a book instead of reading the newspaper? Uh, and it's like, okay, come on, <laughs> like, it's it's a newspaper. Calm down. Um, I think that's just sort of inevitably, you know, things happen faster and they happen uh, in a more entertaining way. And then the 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 flow of information, uh, like the bandwidth, is is stronger. And inevitably, I think this is going to go to like VR and AR. Um, and that's just how things are. And like experiencing that in youtube like youtube's great anything i want to know i just google it and i can become an expert in it i learned how to make you know jewelry from watching a couple of youtube videos that's incredible uh would have been so much more difficult to do that uh like reading a book uh so in the future when i, I see tiktok as like a progression towards that of, of being higher fidelity and, and more information and higher bandwidth and in the future when we have this you know in our vr apple headsets or like plugged in via Neuralink. It, 
it's going to be an incredibly powerful tool that'll be a double-edged sword. There's going to be people who just like get lost in it like a lotus den and spend hours in it and it isn't very good. And there's going to be people who are using it to like figure out the best way to kill the specific weed in their lawn and they'll be able to learn that uh, much faster. So with that as the reality of the world and like the game that I'm playing is trying to help people with file inbox and get more people to know about it, like the, the way to the way to be successful with that game is to put myself in places where people are spending attention and right now that's tiktok yeah yeah i don't yeah. i don't know much to add although i don't i, I don't know how to feel about it that's that's my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i feel especially, bad about it but yeah especially with kids coming up like if tiktok is where it's at now i don't know what it's going to be when my kids get phones yeah uh, which, which by the way uh my my kid now has a smartwatch we bought him a smartwatch uh, yeah this is more bonus content um he we're within a mile of our school which means our school doesn't provide buses uh, mm. so we either have to drive them or walk or bike and my kid uh, wanted to bike by himself this year which we mm. feel like he's old enough to do um it's like sidewalks the whole way uh but we bought him a smartwatch so that he could text us every you know when he gets to school so mm. um yeah he has a he has a a it's the most limited kid smartwatch that you can get so he can't mm. like he he can only call people who we program into his phone and can only text yeah. people who we program into his phone. Um, but yeah, that's happening. Yeah. That's a good use of technology. I think that's a, yeah, you're, we have this incredible technology and power of being able to like, call people from a watch. Amazing. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, you, you can have more peace of mind of like knowing uh, where they are and uh, that's very nice. And if they get into emergency, that's, that's very nice. Uh, and the, the, downside of that is like you know with this technology you could be potentially like you know watching tiktok on your phone or like cheating on tests and uh that's yeah. not good but which is in the same way yeah that's why we didn't you our choices were the apple watch or this watch called a gizmo um mm. and the apple watch is like an apple watch <laughs> with the internet and everything uh the yeah. gizmo is like you can call up to 10 people you can text up to 10 people and that's it uh he can yeah. like change his background which he's excited about and he can set alarms and that's it yeah. <laughs> so yeah i i think that's a healthy approach at an individual level like be very cautious about the technology that you're inviting into your life and uh be mindful of how it's going to be changing your behavior and yeah. uh yeah be, be careful who you invite onto your phone or onto your wrist um and it sounds like you're doing that in a healthy way so like from a consumer's perspective like stay as far away from tiktok as you possibly can uh i think and yeah. from a from a like business perspective that's where people are spending their attention. Uh, not all parents are making as mindful of choices and uh, for themselves or with their kids. So uh, yeah, it's, as long as that's what the game is, uh, get your stuff out there. Yeah. 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 Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>